Welcome, everyone. You're in for another episode of HCI's Nine to Thrive HR podcast, where we explore the most pressing issues facing talent management today. My name is Aubrey Woody, and I'm thrilled to be your host. This year, we have launched a special edition podcast called Nine to Thrive HR Deep Dive Series. Once a month, we'll be spending a little bit more time discussing a critical problem or notable trend in HR with a collection of interviews with best-in-class practitioners and thought leaders. Today, we're thrilled to welcome Dr. Marcia Bazella, a testing service practice leader at CSAA Insurance Group. We're going to dive into the world of IT and HR partnerships, this proverbial thorn in so many people's sides, and we're going to discuss some concrete ways to make these collaborations a little bit easier and more effective for you today. So grab your cup of coffee or tea, put on your thinking cap, and let's dig in. So Marcia, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So let's go ahead and dive into this. Um, I think it's important for people to understand sort of where you sit as it relates to this topic. So why is building effective IT and HR partnerships an important area of interest for you? What from your background or experience kind of drives that? I actually started my career in testing software testing from an IT perspective, mm-hmm. and it, it was a stumbling block that I wasn't expecting. My major is in accounting, but there were lots of overlaps between audit rules and software testing quality assurance that made it a natural progression for me. As I moved through the ranks of software testing, I started to realize that it's a team effort, and there are a lot of resources that are needed throughout that process begin to look at what it would take from an HR perspective, how I would get teams, how I would build teams. And along the way, I had an opportunity to become a resource manager. And what that means, for those of you who don't, might not know, is that I had 35 people who were IT professionals, and my responsibility was to get work for them within the organization. That took a skill set I didn't have at the time. And I was lucky enough to have a mentor in the HR world that helped me understand how I could better my skills in that area and how I could become a valuable player in the lives and careers of the individuals I managed. Mm -hmm. That's the point in time that my relationship with the Human Capital Institute started. I was able to take their talent management classes and things like that, learning what I could do and what I could offer to the IT world. At that point, a blended approach occurred in my career. I've walked with one foot in IT pretty firmly, but another one in HR trying to learn best practices and bring that to the table from an IT perspective. Mm That's fantastic. And I think that one of the most important things that your experience really teaches us and, and demonstrates is that, um, well, a couple of things. But firstly, I think that in this HR world, especially if you've been in HR for your entire career, you're constantly having to kind of kind of try and defend what HR's purpose is, right? What it's working on, what its initiatives are, and why they're important for the organization. And I think that from your standpoint, you really came into the organization in a different job function and recognized the benefit and the contributions that HR can really make um, sitting where you sit in IT. Would you kind of agree with that statement that it's it's maybe a um, a different journey than a lot of HR individuals take? It was definitely a different journey. I've heard that throughout conversations throughout my career. And I think the most important thing is we learn about core competencies, to focus on those things that we're really good at, and then to bring in individuals who can fill in the gaps that we have. That's how we get diversity of perspective, and that's how we are able to grow as an organization. I'm not a recruiter. I I wouldn't know the first thing about reaching out to candidates 
But now that I've had the opportunity to partner with HR and learn how to become a more effective interviewer, what it means to look at the talent pool and how I can best use it for the possibilities I have at hand, it's a, it's a different perspective. And I, I love that because if I don't know something, I have somebody to go to to answer that question and they have strengths in that area. Mm-hmm. That's great. And it's also great because it's really a, a, a symbiotic relationship, right? Where you are getting from HR the skills that you need to really encourage your own leadership skills and being able to, to work with people more effectively. But it, I think that it's also really helpful for HR to have partnerships and have real lasting relationships with other functional areas of the business. I think so often they're very surface level, right? They're, oh, we get in a room every other week and we talk about things, but we don't necessarily really support each other. We're not proactive. We don't really have a lot of conversations outside of these very formal, um, you know, one hour get togethers, if you will. So I think that that's a great distinction too. It's a very important distinction because building those relationships is how you distinguish yourself in the marketplace. If you are just following the tried and true methodology, if you look at the innovation landscape, if you look at the digital landscape with the direction of IT changing at such a rapid pace, you can't fall back on the tried and true because they're not going to work. Yeah, that's a great point. And actually, it leads really um, nicely into my next question, which is, How have you seen this need for stronger partnerships between IT and HR grow in the past decade? Um, Can you speak to any examples that you've either seen or you've been a part of where it really becomes even more critical than what it probably always sort of was, um, that IT and HR are on the same page and that they work together and not against one another? Absolutely. We all have the same goal. We're looking for talent to help perform the operations of our business functions. The interesting thing about what's changed in the landscape today is from a technology perspective, HR professionals are using IT more and more. The HRM solutions, all the different Mm -hmm. digital aspects of how you look at metrics, how you evaluate employee feedback and employee engagement, all those different things are replying on IT platforms. If you have a relationship with your IT partners and you can lean on them to help understand what you might have confusion about or areas of opportunity, you've got a great idea and you don't understand why IT can't see it, then you have someone to talk to and help you on the flip side of it, help develop the talent of the organization, the skill set, and to bring that to the table for the organization and for yourself as an individual. Mm-hmm. From an example perspective, everyone has a, has a role to play. But my experience is in the software testing space, and it really does convey a message that I think it's important to hear. Software testing is changing. The advent of Agile as a methodology, as Mm -hmm. DevOps moving forward, has caused a lot of confusion amongst software testers. What's my role in the future? Do I have a job? What is my career path? How will I be valuable in the future? And that's unfortunate because these are very valuable team members who bring a lot to the table in terms of quality assurance and risk mitigation, making sure that the software we all rely on is working, Mm -hmm. functional, and meets our user expectations. If those individuals are in question about what their next step is or how they will remain relevant as things move forward, then we risk losing that talent to an organization that maybe has a better eye on that prize and is offering a, a sweeter package, if you will. Mm -hmm. That's a really great point. And I think that, you know, frequently HR 
is again kind of this silo that functions off by itself and you're really standing in a place where you see a lot of the integration happen um, so you mentioned like not having that clear career path or that career development trajectory um, as a challenge for IT professionals, especially with the advent of Agile and Scrum frameworks and things like that. What are some of the other obstacles um, as it relates to talent management that you see and experience among IT project leaders? One of the things that I find really interesting is the constant focus on the technology aspects. Mm. What, what are the processes? What are the tools? So many times I hear someone say, oh, I just need a new tool. Well, you don't really need a new tool. You need a new process, and the only way that process will be fixed is by the people who think of what that process should be. And those individuals have to have the skill sets that are able to build those effective process and then incorporate those tool sets accordingly. IT, you'll always hear the phrase people, process, and technology, mm -hmm. and the intersections and synergies amongst those categories are crucial to the work that we do. But we don't put as much emphasis on people. We, we focus on maybe hiring contractors or having other organizations come in and do little pieces of the puzzle. And we don't always think about the long term of what an employee would need in that space. Things like soft skills, for example. If you don't know what's broken about the process, you need to investigate. You need to have a conversation and problem solve, collaborate with the other departments, other members of the team, end users to make sure that you know what's expected or what the shared objective of the organization is so that those targets can be achieved. Mm -hmm. That's a really great point. I think that, you know, I don't have a background in IT and I've always sort of perceived an IT project as being a very, you know, step one, step two, step three, you're done kind of exercise. And maybe in the past it's been like that, but as you pointed out, that intersection between people, technology, and process has become maybe convoluted is the wrong word, but it's become even more intertwined with each other. And so I think a lot of IT projects today, and I especially can speak to some of the projects that I work on with our IT team, they're, they're not very simplistic, right? They, I don't just walk in and say, okay, do X, Y, and Z, and this is what I need. There's so much more context and so much more communication and teamwork and collaboration that's required for that success. Absolutely. Software development is a very complicated, complex process. It involves so many different stakeholders who play a variety of different roles. And if one department, for example, is operating at absolute peak efficiency, they have their processes ready to go, everything is just turning out like a factory, but another department isn't quite as on the ball, or they're not quite ready with their processes, or they're figuring out a new tool, mm -hmm. those two groups have to interact. And the efficiencies of one will exacerbate the problems with the other, and potentially the things that are being vetted on the new team will cause angst for the people performing at high peak. And they'll have to change their processes, and maybe they don't want to. And the reality is it's a collaborative effort, and everybody has to do their piece because not one person can do the whole puzzle. Mm -hmm. If we could, we would have successful IT projects all the time because you're the only one in charge. You're the only person you have to rely on to get something done. Mm -hmm. But that just simply isn't the case with an IT project. Right, right. So I, I'm curious, do you find in your work that, um, you know, there's a lot of resistance? Um, is there more resistance among these IT teams that need to think about changing their own processes and approaches? Or is there more resistance around 
or from HR teams that also need to kind of adapt their own ways of approaching things and supporting um, IT objectives? I think there's a bit of mutual stubbornness going on there. We, we have our familiarity with our core processes, right? Yeah. We, we know what works or we've had our experiences, and everybody comes to the table with these experiences. It's worked in the past. It'll work this time. And that just isn't the case. We have, to use a software example, we have automation now that will perform the manual steps that testers used to do on a day-to-day basis. When that functionality is taken over by a machine, what do those testers do and how do they adapt their responsibilities accordingly? Mm -hmm. There's plenty of work to be done, but sometimes that push in that direction of where that work is is required. It's not always obvious because we've always done it a certain way and figuring out what that next step is is the challenge. And that's why a partnership between IT and HR when it comes to the talent that performs these projects is very important. From an HR perspective, you've got your finger on the the workplace and the marketplace, right? How your company is positioned from hiring practices, what what are the um, pluses and minuses of working for the company, if you will? Is there a pipeline available? From an IT perspective, we know our industry, and we know that there's probably a pipeline of IT workers. But are those IT workers lined up to work at my organization? And if they aren't, how do I make that happen? Mm-hmm. Well, I personally, as an IT manager, am not going to make that happen. I can't go out, snap my fingers, and have people lining up to accept right. the open requisitions that I have. I have to turn to my HR partners and say, this is what I'm looking for, and how can you help me to find that in the world, mm-hmm. wherever that might be, and what are my options for finding that? Do I need a contractor? Can I hire an employee? I'm looking at a project that says, oh, I only need this skill set for six months. Do I hire somebody? Do I contract somebody? Do I find a go-getter who's like, oh, teach me that. I can do that. And then I have the skill set for the future. Those are things we don't always think about as IT professionals. Yeah, that's a really great point, that you're each bringing very unique and very important perspectives to the table. So you really need to be... um, to set aside the mutual stubbornness that is part of the human condition, right? (laughs) So that actually begs another question then, especially um, to ask you, sitting where you sit and having experience kind of in both of these camps, for lack of a better term. What, um, let's start with this. What should HR leaders know, or what do you wish HR leaders knew and understood about the talent needs of IT? With the changes in technology that occur so often, the, the reality is the capabilities we need from an IT perspective are constantly shifting. Mm-hmm. And by the time an IT manager communicates a particular capability or skill set need to HR, it may have already changed. We log on to our iPhones and apps all the time, and it's updating, it's processing. There's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes to make those things happen. And as technology changes and gets more efficient, or if there's a disruptive innovation and changes itself entirely versus just becoming an improvement on what existed, Mm -hmm. we don't always keep up with those things. And if an IT professional can't keep up with IT changes, how is an HR professional expected to predict and react to those changes? So we need to be able to, to mutually understand that there's knowledge on both sides that has to come together to build the shared solution that is required to staff the human capital needs of the organization. Mm -hmm. And it's also really important to realize that 
the skill set of HR professionals has changed. They have become more technical. And I'm not mm -hmm. sure if that's something that is readily recognized amongst IT managers. They have experience with technologies now and, and are different than the HR of, of old. Mm -hmm. And we can't keep saying the same thing. We have to learn what's new and who our partners are, what their capabilities are to come together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. So in the same way that we always talk about the, the pace of change as it relates to technology, which I think is, is very tangible for people with access to smartphones and the internet day in and day out. Um, but there's also a lot of change that has taken place within the HR function itself. So you also have to accommodate some of those changes, acknowledge that they're there, and then accommodate and, and adapt as needed on, on both ends of the spectrum, right? Absolutely. And the other thing is that... Um some of the tried and true responsibilities of HR are absolutely still there. For example, constant change evokes constant response to that change, and IT managers are focused on those technology shifts, trying to make sure that their systems meet the new expectations. They don't have as much time to spend on mentoring their employees or coaching or thinking about the training needs of the organization. Right. If we expand out away from just talent acquisition, how do we acquire those skill sets? Well, one way is internally. And how are we making sure that our employees are being developed in a way that will help us in the future when everybody is so tactically focused to be able to address the short-term needs? If we forget the long-term, then we're all in trouble, and we're, we're back to hiring new talent because the skill sets have left and we're, we're struggling. Yeah. But if we can build that partnership to understand you know, what are the skill sets now, who has them, who needs them, what are the skill sets of the future, who's interested in them, Who's not interested in them? How do we account for both of those scenarios? And mm -hmm. what is the most effective path forward? Yeah. We can be more successful that way. Yeah, and it, it's like it really does span the gamut of the talent life cycle in HR, right? So it's about, you know, IT working with HR in a more proactive way to identify the talent that it needs and also reach out, source, and acquire said talent. But then there's that flip side as well, which is around um, HR and IT working together to also identify how certain skill sets can be developed and who it warrants, you know, that kind of um, development plan and different methods around mentoring and coaching and training activities, et cetera, that can be leveraged in that way. But again, it all kind of hinges on everyone needing to be on that same page so that those decisions aren't made in a unilateral sense and people aren't sort of left out of the discussion that really should play a really active role in it. The other thing IT managers have a tendency to do is bring solutions to the table instead of problems because they're used to being the ones providing mm -hmm. solutions. If you bring a solution to an HR representative, depending on the experience or the capabilities of that HR representative, they may just go along with it. They might humor them. They might say, I can't do that. There's a variety of different responses to that. But bringing a solution to the table is not always the most beneficial approach. You mm -hmm. need to bring the problems to the table and, and allow the group to define what that solution is. Even if the solution winds up being what you were going to suggest in the first place, going through that process is a relation-building activity that helps build trust and awareness amongst the teams and mm -hmm. helps them to grow together. Absolutely. I think that that's a, a great point. Do you have any other kind of suggestions around what you wish or what you think that IT professionals understood and knew about HR? 
my focus lately has been research on soft skills, and that is a, a balance that I think IT professionals are, are lacking between soft skills and technical skills. We prioritize the new technical trends. We learn the new tools, the new languages, the new, the new widgets that come to the table. But there's a glue that holds together how all of those new technologies work, and that's those soft skills, the ability to communicate, to problem solve, to be supportive of your team members, to help one another as you grow as an organization or as individuals. Mm -hmm. And that's a frustrating point for me because technology is hugely important. Don't get me wrong. I'm not advocating ignoring technical growth. Mm -hmm. But prioritizing soft skills, the, the ability to communicate and negotiate, in the software testing space, to be assertive, to stand up for the fact that you are a subject matter expert in your space and that you do bring an opinion to the table. Whether or not that opinion is the go-forward perspective, that's a conversation that the team needs to have. But if you never voice that opinion, then that feedback never enters the decision-making process, mm -hmm. and you miss out on a, a hugely valuable potential. Yeah, absolutely. I have to say, as a side note, as someone who studied organizational communication and has a, a bachelor's also in communication, I feel very vindicated right now. <laughs> always, always the major everyone makes fun of. But at the end of the day, in practice, really good communication, effective communication is very important, right? Well, when you think about it, communication is the one soft skill that is so often on job requisitions or when you go to your HR person, well, what do you need them to have from a soft skill perspective? They need to be able to communicate. And I don't mean they can read and write. <laughs> they need to be able to have conversations, to present content and perspective, and to include people in conversations when they're being quiet, to be able to get all of those pieces of information into the atmosphere and enable our decision-making processes. Absolutely. I, I, that's very well said. Do you think that IT as sort of a general um, industry has more of an appetite for learning and expanding some of these soft skills and recognizing how important they are? Or do you feel like that's still kind of a battle that you're waging? I think it is absolutely an ongoing battle. There is a recognition of soft skills as being important, as evidenced by the research I've just conducted and some of the trends that are popping up on social media activities right now, there are people focusing on soft skills now, and that excites me because, as I mentioned, I think it's the glue. It's the pieces of ourselves that we bring to the table that allows the technical to be real. And IT is always pressured to learn more. They have to because if they don't, they can't keep up and they're no longer relevant. But if they would also put a priority on those soft skill growth opportunities, that potential could be expanded exponentially. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. So where you sit in your, um, in your work, what have you done to try and foster this improved relationship between HR and IT? Are there any concrete things or initiatives that you've implemented that you've seen some success with? Absolutely. The first thing I've done is made sure that I'm an HR partner. I go to them when I have questions. I bring problems to the table and not solutions. And I want to understand what their challenges are. I don't go and say, hey, just get me this type of person. That's not the way it works. What are the challenges? What do I need to think about? Are there any limitations that I need to be aware of and might not have sight to? That's the easy answer. And that's probably the first step. If there's an IT professional out there who hasn't done that, that would be what I would want them to do mm -hmm. as they leave this podcast today. 
And same for the HR representatives. If you haven't talked to an IT partner who is hiring actively or you think will be, make sure you have those conversations with them to set expectations about what you can bring to the table, what they should expect from you, and what they need to know about crafting the role description or the job description that they're looking to fill. Mm -hmm. Some of the other pieces, um, a lot of work around diversity and inclusion is extremely popular in the workforce today. I am proud to be a long-term council lead for our regional diversity council in Arizona, mm -hmm. and that requires building awareness and educating the workforce, uh, both in my region and as an enterprise on diversity and inclusion topics. Yeah. What does that mean? How does it intersect with our job responsibilities? How can we get more from our employees as a result? There's always the phrase that diversity breeds innovation. When you right. have different perspectives, right. you are able to get different things. With innovation being one of the top trends in IT, everybody's looking for that next big thing, you have to focus on diversity. So it involved, being involved in diversity and inclusion activities is one area that I've been able to offer help and be bringing that IT perspective to the table, as well as my HR experience. Mm -hmm. And because HR is the sponsor for the Diversity Council as a whole, I'm able to leverage the, the uniqueness of my role to bring that information in both places. One of the things we did last year was to establish a business model for an employee resource group that was across the enterprise rather than just in the isolated regional locations. That brings synergy to the table across all of the organization and helps people, you know, kind of the hot stove theory, when you, when you touch that stove, you get the same response. Rather than being lucky enough to be with a certain individual in one region and someone else who doesn't quite have the time in another, mm -hmm. we're able to bring that model to the table that encourages the same level of involvement and responsibility across all of our regions that brings whatever the uh, focal group, whether it's military appreciation or Hispanic heritage, whatever that is, to the table and show its importance from a holistic perspective. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. So what do you kind of hope when you look to the future of how HR and IT really work together? Um, what do you think is in store for all of us? And, and does it kind of fit what your vision is and what your hope is? My hope is that the relationship between IT and HR can be predicated on strong relationships and collaboration. Mm -hmm. We have to work together. We have to be willing to turn over pieces of work that we think are our responsibility to the partners that can perform them more effectively and vice versa. We need to accept the work that others are doing on our behalf that we should be doing. And the, the path is identifying what those pieces of work are and how we make the decisions where that responsibility lies. Mm -hmm. The gray area is it's not that cut and dried. It's not black and white. Yeah. There may be times when the responsibility is mine, and then the next time the responsibility might need to be in the hands of my recruiter or the HR manager who's helping me with a particular situation. Mm -hmm. It's not my responsibility alone to think of what the training requirements are for my group. But I do have a requirement to put forth my ideas and feedback, because if I don't, how will HR know what the IT perspective is? They're going to look out at the industry and guess based on what they see. That's not the right way to do that. We have to build those relationships. Mm -hmm. I think the other piece is don't stop from an HR professional's perspective. Please don't stop being a coach and advisor to all of the managers. Don't let them settle on employees who are less than meeting the tasks required. Don't let them 
settle on an individual because nobody else applied. Help them find creative ways to fulfill their requirements and get the job done that they need to get done. Mm -hmm. Because when you settle on someone, and, and I hate to use the word settle, but the reality is you, if your skill sets aren't a direct match for the job at hand, it's settling. Mm -hmm. And that causes problems for the employee. They're certainly not going to be engaged. And then the work that you need to be done may not be done to the standards and quality that you need to have it done from an organizational objectives perspective. Mm -hmm. And that puts both parties at risk. Yeah. So don't let us do that. I've seen it too often, especially when the market becomes competitive. Help us identify those possibilities for creative and flexible ways of getting talent. And then one of my favorites is please remind us to follow up. Don't let <laughs> us disappear. If we've put a job wreck out there and we're looking to you to staff that for or to help us staff that, don't let us wait three weeks or four weeks to get back to you in reviewing resumes. Mm -hmm. It's our responsibility to make sure you have the feedback that drives your search. If, if I wait and say, well, this person can't communicate or doesn't know this language, you've spent three or four weeks finding people who you think might be a match only to learn that half the rec requirements weren't what we wanted in the first place. Mm -hmm. So don't let us get away with that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great point. This, I'm, I'm envisioning sort of like this Venn diagram, right, of HR practitioners and IT project leaders. And it's like, these are the things that you're responsible for independently. And then there's this lovely little area in the middle where these things are critical that we're on the same page about what the requirements are, about how we can go about actually sourcing some of these individuals. So I think that that's a great reminder. And the other thing I loved what you said about having um, you know problems when you settle on an employee that then they're not engaged and then maybe the product suffers as a result of that. And I think that that domino effect is so frequently kind of disregarded because that's a hard conversation to have, but you know, when you pull someone onto your organization, especially in a, a big role or a product development role that might not have what you need um, in terms of specific skills or specific task experience, the entire organization really suffers as a result. There might be a delay in seeing that or in really feeling that, maybe for a lot of people indirectly, um, but at the end of the day, that makes for a weaker organization, right? We want people in our organizations that, number one, want to be there. Number two, have the right skills and experiences to be there and, and can bring their own diversity of thought and perspective. Um, but we want them to be a fit, right, for what we're looking for. And at the end of the day, that's really going to be what benefits everyone or is a deficit for everyone. Couldn't agree more. The other side to that is, if you have a job rec that's been opened for, I don't know, six months, a year, it's time to look at that. Do you really need that? And what message does it send to the world that that job requisition has been open for so long? Is it something that we could fill another way? Is there a, um, is there a young up-and-coming college student who would love to learn pieces of that? And instead of just waiting for somebody to be the perfect match, can we build that perfect match? Mm -hmm. And that's so often overlooked. And I think one of the frustrations in, in my organization is that we, we typically hire at the level that we need them to be at, which is mm -hmm. expected because we have certain responsibilities that need to be done. Right. But when those capabilities become challenging to find, what do we do to course correct? We have to be able to have answers to that question. Right, and always kind of not really sacrificing the the long-term vision for a short-term goal and recognizing that. And I think that that's a, that's a challenge that every organization in the world struggles with about this is what we need today, but how can we sort of look at our magic ball into the future and, and determine what we need, which is really hard, especially in a world that changes so fast, so... 
Well, especially when you could look into that magic ball and actually get what is the right answer at that point in time. But two minutes mm-hmm. later, because some brilliant individual in their garage came up with this wonderful idea, right. that answer is totally wrong now. Right. <laughs> and totally disseminated wrong. it out to the world in a matter of hours, right? Exactly. <laughs> yes. No, the, the pace of, of change in terms of all of these things is really exciting, but it certainly presents its own set of challenges and ways to keep up and the right way to to keep up really you know you don't want to move so fast that you can't even see the ground underneath your feet so that's a challenge I think all right well thank you so much Marcia for taking the time to join us today to talk about how important you know HR and IT professionals working collaboratively on the talent life cycle um, is important today and how much that benefits organizations when it's done in an effective and adequate way. And I think that at the end of the day, it really begins with these building of honest, authentic relationships between individuals with IT and those individuals in HR and recognizing how we can really actively support one another. Um, You mentioned some of that mutual stubbornness on both sides of the aisle. So um, (laughs) I think that it's important to echo that, you know, having some, some bipartisan agreement here about how we can help one another rather than just sort of staying very content in our silos um, is an important takeaway. You are very welcome. I am very happy to present information um, and share my experience. I hope it helps. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time, Marcia. I would also like to thank all of our HCI learners for tuning in today. We hope that if you haven't yet, that you'll subscribe to our Nine to Thrive HR podcast, including this new deep dive series, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Smart Radio, or the YouTube channel HCI Talent for instant access to new episodes. And as always, if you're interested in learning more about what HCI is working on, hearing more about the topics and trends in strategic talent management today, I encourage you to visit us at hci.org. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a wonderful rest of your day.